Welcome to the Ocean Hills Podcast. Our hope is that today's message would help you connect more deeply with God and with others. If you would like more information on what is happening in the Ocean Hills community, check out our website at oceanhills.org or download the Ocean Hills app. If you are encouraged by our ministry and would like to partner with us financially, you can give through your mobile device by texting Ocean Hills to 77977. We hope you enjoy this message. Thank you for Sunday mornings. Thank you for this space that we call the Luke, a junior high theater that you turn into a holy place, holy ground, sacred space where the word of God can be taught, where the spirit of God can move in our hearts, where the people of God can gather in your name. And my prayer right here, right now, in real time, is that you would speak to us and that when we hear your whisper, when we hear your voice, we wouldn't harden our hearts, but we would be tender and responsive and obedient because we love you in Jesus' name. Amen. Um, I do want, I don't know where he is, but you know, I, I just going to say, I, I have my freshman in college roommate. His name's Gary Patterson. He's here somewhere. He showed up uh, yesterday and said, hey, I'm going to be in town with my daughters. And where, Gary, just raise your hand. I know you don't want to. Just where are you, dude? Just let me pick on you. He's right back there. Stand up. Just stand up. <laughs> freshman year in college, Gary Patterson, a legend. He was one of the ones that taught me how to surf, and uh, just great to have you and your daughters with us this morning. Um, If you have a Bible, I'm going to invite you to open it. This verse is not on the screen. Uh, Philippians chapter 1, verse 3. Philippians 1, verse 3. It's going to be the uh, overarching theme of our morning. We're in a series, 22 Days of Gratitude. Today's day 22. And uh, we're going to end this sermon series uh, with this big idea. Paul says in verse 3 to the Christians in the town, the village of Philippi, he says, every time I think of you, I give thanks to my God. Every time I think of you, I give thanks to my God. And he goes on to talk about for their partnership in the gospel. But there are people that I want to help you think about this morning people that God has put in your life that I want you to remember today. And, and I'm hoping that as you remember these people that, that you will give thanks. In fact, we have thank you cards. I think we got like 300 thank you cards here on the platform. I'm just giving you a heads up. After the sermon's done, we're going we're gonna to have a time of singing and responsiveness. I'm going to actually invite you to come up here and handwrite. Some of you are like, I've never handwritten a thank you note before. You're actually going to write, handwrite a thank you note, if you choose to, to somebody that God puts in your heart this morning through the message, through the sermon. And if you can't afford the, I don't even know how much a stamp is today, but if you would, there's envelopes in, in, in the back and there's cards in the front, you're going to write a note, put it in the envelope, address it. If you're too poor to put a stamp on it, just leave it here and we'll, we'll send it for you if you know the address. Otherwise, take it and, and, and send it. And we're hoping that we're going to just 
bless the people that have blessed us. Today, we're going to remember the people that God has put in our lives that, that we're going to remember today and say, thank you, God. Every time I think of this, per thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. So let's, uh, let's go ahead and jump in. In fact, um, you're going to get, you're going to get a little secret here. Part of preparing a message, the process, I try and have the sermon, this message written done by, before I go to bed on Wednesday night. That's, that, that's the goal is to have it written by Wednesday night. And then I like to, what I call simmer and you just kind of sit in it and you soak in it and, and, and then go back to it and you do some pruning. And sometimes a great idea on Wednesday you get to Saturday night. I'm thinking about this morning and last night. I'm going, nah, what sounded great on Wednesday didn't sound so great on Saturday. Anybody ever have that experience? <laughs> so in your notes, it says eight people to be thankful for. Well, guess what? It's seven. I cut, I cut out one, 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 one of the categories. It's just seven people to be thankful for today. And so here we go. Seven people to be thankful for. And the re another reason we're doing this is because slowing down to remember is an important part of our spiritual formation. I can't remember if it was Dallas Willard or John Ortberg that said, hurry is the number one enemy of the spiritual life, hurry. And so when we're hurt, we don't love well when we're in a hurry. We don't take time to remember, to be grateful, to be thankful when we're in a hurry. So today, we're just going to slow down a little bit, and I'm just going to list seven kinds of people to be thankful for. And here's number one. Role models who inspire you. Role models who inspire you. The Apostle Paul was a role model. Listen to what he writes to the Christians in Corinth. He says in chapter 11, verse 1, follow my example as I follow the example of Christ. Follow my, that's what we do. Role models, we follow their example. They inspire us. 1 Corinthians 4, Paul said, for even if you had 10,000 others to teach you about Christ, you have only one spiritual father for i became your father in christ when i preached the good news to you so i urge you to imitate me that's what we do we look at role models and we go i want to be like who is it in your life so so here's your first who is it if you have a pen you have notes in the program who is it in your life you i, I want to be like her they inspire me i want to i want to be more like him who is that? Just write it down. That may be the person you're going to write a thank you note to. You're going to write a note and say, I just want you to know the impact. You may not even know, but I watch you from a distance, and I want to be more like you. I, I watch the way you treat your family. I watch the way you serve your wife. I watch the way you serve in the church, whatever it is. But they're a role model that inspires you. Who is that? Might be a grandparent, might be a boss, might be a small group leader, an older brother or sister, a roommate. Who's a role model? Just maybe write it down somewhere so you remember. Who's a role model who inspires you? 
Here's a second category, cheerleaders who encourage you. Cheerleaders who encourage you. Who are the people that God is using in your life to be a Barnabas, to be an encouragement? Here's some verses for you. Acts 4:36. Joseph, a Levite from Cyprus, whom the apostles called or nicknamed Barnabas, which means son of encouragement. Barnabas was known to be an encourager. Uh, Acts 11:23. when Barnabas arrived and saw what the grace of God had done, he was glad and encouraged them all to remain true to the Lord with all their hearts. In the message, I love the paraphrase, it says, he threw, Barnabas, he threw himself in with them. He got behind them, urging them to stay with it the rest of their lives. Who is that for you? Who is that for you? Who is God using to encourage you? You know, uh, when you're in the role of senior pastor of a church, uh, sometimes you you don't want to open emails. Um, it's like, oh my gosh, like you, you get afraid to open emails. But you know what? There's, there's somebody in this church that... Uh, that sends me an email probably every other week and has become like my chief encourager. Just, just want to say thank you. Just want to say thank you for the sermon. Just want to say thank you for emotionally healthy, whichever one we're doing right now. They go, Jono's leading it. It is so great. Thank you for offering that. Just want to thank you. Just, And it's an encouragement. God uses, I'm like, I'm like scrolling through email going, I'm not opening that one, but oh, okay, that guy's emailing me. Awesome, right? Who is God using to encourage you? To encourage you in your faith, to stay true, to stay strong, encouraging you maybe in your marriage, in your work, uh, your career, maybe in a challenging relationship, urging you, uh, Okay, here's number three. Number three uh, kind of person to be thankful for, truth tellers who stretch you. Truth tellers who stretch you. Paul says in Ephesians 4.15 that we will speak the truth in love. Growing, what's the purpose of speaking the truth in love, by the way? It's so that we will what? Grow, growing in every way more and more like Christ. The reason we speak truth with a spirit of love is to help people become more like Jesus, not to get something off our chest, not to prove that we're right, but to love people in a way that, that will help them grow and become. Proverbs 27, 17, as iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. Who are the truth tellers that God has put in your life to stretch you, to help you become more? I'm married to a truth teller. Anybody else married to a truth teller? So grateful most of the time. But truth telling, truth telling can sting. 
Truth-telling can sting. I remember, I'm thinking of a story right now. I mean, I have, I actually have several truth-tellers in my life, and I'm grateful for them. I remember, I'm, I'm thinking of a time early on when I just finished seminary, way back in the day, and a New Testament professor, Klein Snodgrass, called me into his office. I had just finished everything. I was like moving to Santa Barbara, going, yeah. He calls me in his office, and he sits me down, and he says, I'll never forget it. Seen a lot of guys like John Ireland come through this seminary before over the years. You think your charm's going to get you everywhere. He said, let me tell you something. Your people in your church deserve a lot more than your charm. They need the word of God. They need you to love them. They need you to, you know. And I, I was sitting there, I was 25 years old, 24 years old, like, Holy smokes, like he's calling me out and it hurt, but I loved it. Did you know what that means? Like it, it stung, but he, he was loving me. He was loving me enough to say, I want you to give the people, the flock that you shepherd more than just being a fun guy. They need more than just being around somebody that's fun. They need Jesus and that's who you need to give them. Who are the, the truth tellers that stretch you? Number four, connectors, connectors who introduce you. These are another kind of category of people that I think some of us take for granted. Some of us miss. Connectors who introduce you. Romans chapter 16, Paul says this. Listen to this. He says, I commend to you our sister Phoebe, who's a deacon in the church of Sancria." Welcome her. He's connecting her. Welcome her in the Lord as one who's worthy of honor among God's people. Help her in whatever she needs, for she's been helpful to many and especially to me. Connectors, people who introduce you. Maybe somebody who sponsored you or sponsored your kid, or was a reference that helped your kid get into that school, or that helped you get that job, or helped you meet that person that became a client, or helped you, you know, people that are connectors that introduce you. For me, a lot of times, most of the weddings that I do are because of wedding planners. It's not because, oh, look at John Allen, he's got this amazing website. No, 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 I don't even have a website. It's wedding planners who say, hey, I want you, would you be willing to meet this bride and groom? Who are the people? Who are the connectors in your life? You know, when we don't, and we talked about this the first week, when, when, we, when we don't say thank you to those kinds of people in our life, people remember. When people do a favor for you and they introduce you to somebody, and you just think it's because of how awesome you are rather than, oh, wow, that was a grace of God in my life. You, it, it, it could create resentment. It's like, well, I'm not, I might not introduce that person to other people because they never, it kind of poisons your spirit when, when, when people, when we don't express thanksgiving and gratitude. And I want you just to remember who are the connectors who have introduced you to people that helped you get to where you are to have the opportunities? 
And maybe today you, you write a thank you. Hey, thank you for introducing me to that high-capacity giver for my nonprofit who gave me lots of money, right? I know somebody who got introduced to a super high-capacity giver who gave this person lots and lots of money. And they never said thank you. They never said Thank you for introducing me to that person. They helped move the mission of our organization forward. And it left a kind of, you know. So who are the connectors in your life? Here's the next category. Mentors who coach and advise you. This is a church we value mentoring deeply. Having people that invest in next generation leaders that advise that coach Jethro of course was Moses father-in-law he's kind of the the all-star mentor let me read for you out of Exodus 18 the next day Moses took his seat to hear the people's disputes against each other they waited before him from morning till evening when Moses's father-in-law saw all that Moses was doing for the people he asked a question he got curious he saw and then he got curious what are you really accomplishing here? Why are you trying to do this all alone while everyone stands around you from morning till evening? And Moses replied, because the people, they come to me to get a ruling from God. When a dispute arises, they come to me, and I'm the one who settles the case between the quarreling parties. I inform the people of God's decrees and give them instructions. And Moses' father-in-law exclaimed, this is not good you're going to wear yourself out and the people too this job's too heavy a burden for you to handle all by yourself verse 19 now listen to me and let me give you a word of advice and may god be with you and he gives him the advice about having kind of a span of care between dividing the people up and dividing his leaders up and then in verse 23, if you follow this advice and if God commands you to do so, then you'll be able to endure the pressures. And all these people will go home in peace. And Moses listened. Moses listened to his father-in-law's advice and followed his suggestions. Just think about who are the people that God has put in your life that see you, that are curious about your life, that are willing to come alongside you and, and, and provide some wisdom, some godly counsel, some encouragement. People who believe in you, maybe when nobody else believes you, but they see you and they believe in you and they believe in your leadership. Write those names down. Who are those people? It doesn't always have to be an older person, but it could be. Mentors aren't always somebody that's, you know, 25 years older. There's a lot of peer mentoring that happens, isn't there? But God uses mentors. I look, I would not be on this stage today. I would not be pastoring this church today without mentors in my life people that have invested in my spiritual life and my leadership and my family and my marriage that have modeled that for me as well. 
And I could, I could give you a whole stream of names I have in my notes, but I'm not going to because I'm going to get to point number six. Number six kind of person we can be thankful for are family and friends who hold you close and support you. Now, not all family and friends hold you close and support you. Let's just say that. It's true. I mean, I, you, you, got, you have family that, 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 you know, maybe you're not that close to. Friends that they want to hold you accountable. They don't want to hold you close. Those are the ones I want to stay away from. I want friends that are going to hold me close. I love that Bob Goff quote. That's what he said. Hold me close. Don't hold me accountable. Because if you hold me close, you're going to know what's going on in my life. Who are the people in your life that let you in? They don't just want to know about you know, all, the, all the stuff. In it. They let you into their struggles. They let you into their insecurities. They let you in. And there's a closeness and a connection there, right? And they support you. They're not competing with you. They support you. Who are the family and friends that hold you close, that support you? You know, there's, there's several stories in Scripture. I think of Ruth and Naomi, right? Ruth said to her, to her mother-in-law, Naomi, wherever you go, I will go. Wherever you live, I will live. Your people will be my people. Your God will be my God. And I love that story in Ruth because it reminds us that friendships can be intergenerational. And friendships can also happen in family. It's not just family. It's actually our family can be close can be close friends. Naomi was the mother-in-law of Ruth's. And then, of course, Jonathan and David, 1 Samuel 23, listen to this. Jonathan went to find David, and he encouraged him to stay strong in his faith. He said, don't be afraid. Jonathan reassured him, my father, Saul, will never find you. You're going to be the king of Israel, and I'll be next to you, as my father, Saul, is well aware Saul, of course, was feeling threatened by David, so was seeking to kill him. And his son, Jonathan, had become best friends with David. And now Jonathan had David's back. He was supporting him. He was holding him close. He was being loyal to him. There was this authenticity, this just real stuff if you read their story in 1 Samuel 18 through 23, it's really rich. But who are those people in your life? Family, friends who hold you close, who support you without a hidden agenda, who are willing to make sacrifices for you. Write that down. Maybe write them a note today. And then here's the last category I'm going to address, uh, number seven, are teammates who are in it with you. Teammates. Now, you might consider your husband or your wife a, your, your best teammate. Family can be teammates also in your workplace. You know, I have an executive team, Jono and Casey and Cozy. They're my teammates. We're in it together. There's a, there's a great sense of gratitude. We, I don't even remember when we created the executive team, but maybe a few years ago. And uh, what, what a great, it wasn't my idea. I want to say it was Christina's idea. 
But all of a sudden, I, I have, there's four of us that, that meet, and we're in it together, and we're sharing the burden and the challenges and the opportunities. Who, who are your teammates that are in it with you, that go the extra mile to serve you, to lighten your load? That aren't, you know, and I, I love this, 2 Timothy chapter 1, verses 16 through 18. I love this. Paul writes, May the Lord show special kindness to Anisiphorus and all his family because he often visited and encouraged me. Listen to this. He was never ashamed of me because I was in chains. Who's the teammates that when you flounder or fumble or maybe you make a mistake, you're at your worst, they're not ashamed of you. They don't give up on you. They stick with you. They still believe in you. Teammates who are in it with you, they might even cover your butt, right? They might even cover up for you. Who are the teammates that have done that for you? Verse uh, 17, when Anisiphorus, when he came to Rome, he searched everywhere until he found me. I love that. May the Lord show him special kindness on the day of Christ's return, and you know very well in how many ways he helped me in Ephesus. How many ways he helped me. Who is that in your life? Who are the teammates, work, family? I don't know what the cat, who you might consider teammates who are in it with you. So those are the seven. Don't email me. What was the eighth one that you took out? Don't email me that. <laughs> so I'm going to invite the band to come, come back up. I'm going to give you now just some opportunity for some to be still and to just settle into a moment of silence and allow thanksgiving to bubble up inside of you right now. Just take a moment. I'm giving you seven categories. I want you to think about who's one person you could walk forward, grab an envelope in the back, grab a card, and there's a bunch of pens. You can write it here. You can go back to your seat and write the note. But the, you say, I'm actually not just going to go, oh, get in the car. Great sermon. Uh, it was a B minus. It was okay. It was on Thanksgiving, whatever it is. But no, no, no. Actually, you're going to do something about what you heard. That's one of the great exercises when you hear a sermon it's the question is what am I going to do now that I've heard what I heard this what am I going to do about it I'm inviting you we're inviting you to write a note and send it or hand deliver it to somebody that fits in one of these categories if you want to write two or three notes feel free that's fine too be an overachiever cool by me let me pray for us and then we're going to sing and respond Father, in these last few moments, you have brought to mind people and like Paul in Philippians 1, every time I think of you, I give thanks to my God. 
God, I've, even as I've been speaking, have been thinking of people that you have used, that you've brought into my life to love me, to encourage me, to stretch me, to model what it looks like to follow Jesus, what it looks like to become a giver, a contributor rather than a consumer, what it looks like to introduce, to be a connector, to be generous and sharing friends and contacts and to enlarge the network. So many different ways, so many different people. And this morning we remember those people and, and, and I pray that you give us the, the courage to write them a note and say, you made a difference in my life. You're making a difference in my life. You mean so much to me. You're a gift from God to me. Thank you. And I pray that as we write these notes, that these notes would bear fruit in the receivers, that that when people out there open up a thank you note that's handwritten, that you would bless them, that they would receive it as a smile from you, God, as your favor, that, that you're using them to make a difference in this world. And so we, right here, right now, we want to be people that stop, that pause, that remember the good gifts of great people that you've put in our life. In Jesus' name, amen. There's a lot of pens up here. There's envelopes and cards. And when you're ready, feel free to come and respond. Let's stand together.